That was Julian Roberts with Fighter to listen to more of his music at the end of the song. You can find it on any music streaming platform of your choice by just searching Julian Roberts. Hello everyone, welcome home. Welcome to the Talk with the Zambian Child, hosted by me, Tevin Smart. Today is another great Friday morning, and I am excited to deliver to you episode 4 of our season 2 podcast. And today our guest is Musenga Katongo. And we just want to send our thanks to all our consistent listeners that have subscribed, listened, given us feedback on each and every episode. And we want to say thank you to everybody who's joining our family for the first time. Please, you're welcome. Feel free and don't forget to give us feedback and make sure you subscribe to this and favorite it on Anchor. And we'd also urge you to go and listen to our previous episodes. They are life-changing. So, last week we were with the host of Culture Talk, Kunyuli Sata, to discuss everything podcast and how to deal with fame, how to be a person in this big universe that we are in. And the conversation was splendid. Today, we start off from there because we've got the great poet, the three-time slam champion, the speaker at the X Talk and the host of The Economy and You on Unza Radio. Let's all welcome Musenga Katongo. Welcome. That's quite the introduction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. We are quite excited to have you here, Musenga. And it's just an honor. But to everybody out there who doesn't know who Singa Katongo is, would you just introduce yourself to our audience? All right. So, Musenga Katongo. Um, firstly, I am I'm a lot of things. <laughs> I happen to be a poet, a writer, a creative entrepreneur, a performer, and I would say... Um, that's that's who I am, and yeah, I'm the founder of a creative arts platform known as Color Culture that deals in storytelling and uh, conversations around African culture and history. I'm a lover of history. I'm a lover of the arts. I'm a lover of pop, uh, popular culture. I'm yeah. That's that's how I describe myself. That's quite a heavy description, but we're glad that how Musenga Katongo is defined. So as you were talking, you mentioned of history and poetry. What brought about the love for the arts? What made you align yourself with history and poetry? All right, so everything to do with my creative work started way back when I was in the fourth grade. Um, when I was in grade four, I, I really enjoyed consuming pop culture and the like. And then when I liked something, 
I would want to recreate it in my own version. So imagine I'm watching Ben 10. I love the story of Ben 10. So I get an exercise book. I start writing my own version of it. So from doing things like that, I was really encouraged by my friends who would read my stories. So that's how I got interested in writing. So down the line, uh, when I was now in the 11th grade, um, there was a poetry group that visited my high school. I was at Machado Boys Secondary School. So a poetry group, uh, it was called Please Don't Snap. They visited my high school and uh, some of the members included the Bearded King and Chaya Deep. And when I saw them perform, I was really interested. I was like, I want to try this out as well. So I got a piece of paper and I wrote my first poem, which was about something to do with a, a, a TV in a living room and something like that. So I was also really encouraged by my friends in high school. I remember I have uh, really close friends, uh, Jolesia Hakasenke and Walia Milunga. By then, they would go by different stage names and the like. So um, we would sit together, we would write poetry, we would write hip hop <laughs> lyrics and stuff like that. So uh 2016 came and well school leavers so we now ventured into actually performing poetry on stage so we really connected with platforms like bittersweet the clickers um and various other platforms that allowed us and gave us the opportunity to perform and it was really great and from there the rest was history especially after i won my first slam in 2017 that was the bittersweet poetry slam um, that's when a lot of things started to kick off for me and I began to now really establish a position or a place within the poetry community, especially in Osaka. Okay. Yes, sir. So you've talked about your journey and how you won your first slam and how you grew to a point uh, where we see you now. And I feel like we saw you uh perform at the tdx a walking museum if i'm right if i'm correct yeah you are yeah how do you literally come up like with your work do you just sit down or do you take steps you have to be in a certain like room what inspires each work that you've done i feel what i what really just drives me to write in a type of way is just the the goal of writing something different, you know? Um, I think for me, there's a particular poem and I, a lot of people who've been following my stuff, especially for the longest, will realize I've been reciting this very poem for the past five years from 2017. And it's called Color. It's the one which I performed at the slam which I won the, in 2017. So for this piece, this it's really close to me because it's an example of how I really tried to be different because we were given the theme color to write on. And for me, what black skin as a girl who I am, you know, chaffing and saying sweet things to because this girl added color to my life. So um, when, when I want to now create work in those lines, maybe if it's even something like the way I wrote for the TEDx, uh, for, for TEDx Lusaka, um, the, the piece which I wrote then was the Walking Museum, and it was inspired by the idea of us being able to apply African uh, principles and issues in, the, in our culture in our day-to-day -day lives. So now the question is, how do I bring out something like that in a way that it's going to be able to provoke someone, it's going to be able to communicate the message, 
and it still has a stylistic and artistic way of being portrayed and in the end um it's basically <coughs> i would say it's basically the desire to sound and be different and uh my process take time to really think of how i can make something sound different sometimes i just start writing and then as i'm writing things and ideas start coming so yeah mm, okay so i feel like we've really gone through your journey of how you began and what inspired you so how let's say there's just somebody there out listening to this and they feel they could be poets they feel they could also win a poetry slam out there but they are not sure whether they are actually poets or what what steps could they take or is there any signs or trails they could see themselves to actually know that they belong to this field of art so i think the first thing is understanding what exactly poetry is in the first place um the issue which is there right now especially in Osaka or just in the country at large is anyone can really be a poet or at least claim to be one on one particular day and then but then there's a lot that aspect of writing poetry and being able to perform it in interesting way because some poems in inverted commas are just speeches you know others are speeches yes. which are read with rhythm and then someone calls it a poem so there there are certain rules and certain uh disciplines that have to be followed or even just kept in mind as guidelines uh for one to consider uh writing poetry but then within in Zambia and I think even just the world at large everybody rushes to this form of poetry known as free verse so free verse means is the type of poetry that doesn't have any rules or structure to it it's just you writing you don't have to rhyme you don't have to have a particular rhythm or length in terms of the lines you're writing so now a lot of people rush to free verse as a way of just expressing themselves but then i think for one to really call themselves a poet um you have to have that aspect or that interest in even expanding the style in which you write or the way you perform so that you don't just come off as anyone who just woke up in that morning and wrote a couple of lines together so I feel being a poet means actually performing poetry and poetry is not just uh random lines put together but it's thoughtful words which are meant to invoke or provoke a particular feeling or a particular type of thought so that by the time you are done reciting something someone is either entertained informed or they are just um provoked you know So that's what I think invo- uh, is involved in being a poet to expose yourself to listening to other poets you need to allow yourself to learn the technical skills or types of writing the forms of poetry things like that so a poet needs to know poetry so the only way you can be a poet is if you understand and know poetry as you're writing and so much that it be, you're deliberately doing uh using certain tools and techniques as you're writing uh a piece of poetry is it necessary for a poem to write no it's not necessary at all um there are several poems out there in the world that do not rhyme um so in the end you can write it you can write a poem which doesn't rhyme and it's still fine mm, okay thank you for that musenga for giving us the tips that we need and 
To all our listeners, you've heard, if you want to be a poet, please take this seriously and just see where you stand so far. But keep trying as always. So, your poetry journey has been epic. And we saw you even be the host of the Women Museum podcast. And just most of the Women Museum webinars and seminars. Can you just really tell us how that all came about? So, fine, it's, it's quite a long story because I recall in 2019, I had uh, reached out to the found, one of the co-founders of the museum uh, with the Women's History Museum of Zambia. That's Sambayonga. And I had ex- expressed my interest in organizing a poetry and music event centered around their research, and she was obliged to it. Uh, after successfully holding the show last year, it was called Three Queens, it took place in March. Um, that's when the relationship uh, between myself and the museum started becoming, started forming. So whenever the webinars that were uh, scheduled to take place, I was tasked with um, hosting them and being the, and basically facilitating them from the background as well. So I think that's how it even explained me engaging with the museum like that. And quite frankly, I enjoy being with them. I actually got to be part of the team that works behind the, t- the scenes with the museum uh, on different aspects. So yeah, that's how I'd say, that's how I'd describe um, how that came about. Okay, just before you go, for those of our listeners who do not know what the Women's Museum is, what is it and what does it work around? So the Women's History Museum is basically a digital museum that uh, that engages in putting out information and, uh, and stories about Zambian women and even women across the region who have made impactful, who have, done, who have been uh, of impact within our history in that they've been playing key roles in politics, in leadership, in uh, issues to do with uh, social justice and the like. So these stories are the ones which may not necessarily be so celebrated because I'm sure you are, you'd agree that African history happens to be male-dominated. So the Women's History Museum of Zambia aims to bring out the stories of these amazing women who did amazing and beautiful things but may not necessarily get as much uh, coverage or get their stories told uh, the way they should be. Okay. And for those of our listeners who do not have access, you can check out the Women's History Museum on Instagram. You'll be able to find it. And I'm one person who's attended their webinars, and really they are quite interesting. You would really see that the, the history that we have amongst our women folk is actually so rich that if you actually got time to spend time within these stories you'd always wonder why they are not part why they are not honored so for for every one of you that's listening please take time to do that wonderful we should let's just talk about color culture all right what we've we've literally seen that it's been most the center of your work uh on media let's say on social media we've seen that you've hosted master classes we've seen you inviting prominent people there what formed color culture and why is it an important aspect of musenga kato so color culture was formed because of the, an adage which i usually like saying and coined myself which is um, if the writers don't write, who will tell our stories? 
And if the writers don't write well, who will respect our stories? So color culture exists mainly to spark conversations around cultural issues within our country, as well as to um, tell stories about our African history. We've so far used uh, poetry and visual arts in order to do so, and those are our main tools in order to communicate these stories that we love to tell. We've told stories about people like Mumbi Mukasa, who happened to be who happens to be part of a Bemba myth um, of a woman who had ears the size of an elephant's ears. Um, we've told stories about Edward Nkoloso, who was a real-life Zambian in the 1960s, who believed his own space program here in Zambia. We've told stories about different women, uh, according to the research of the Women's History Museum, uh, who've done amazing things like, um, bas- like settling wars, fighting for freedom, uh, starting religious movements and the like. And then we also have stories we, and conversations we've started around issues to do with religion, for example, like uh, were we better off with Christianity or African religion? Were we better off as a colonized nation than a free and independent nation? Were we, uh, what role does our, does our traditional approach to hair come in in our modern society? Things like that. So we pretty much love to uh steer the port on certain issues and then we even talk about different things like for example one time we got a chance to talk about men's mental health from an african perspective and all these are communicated and uh basically uh shared through poetry and visual arts because that's the main tool that we've decided to use and why it's a big uh part of myself or my the work that i do as Mosenga is that um um, as I said in the beginning, I'm a creative, I'm someone who loves poetry, I love art, I love culture, I love history. And for me, I get to really fulfill and just do something I'm really passionate about. And even something which not only just allows people to learn, but also to connect and interact and form relationships through the arts is also another big part of why color culture is a big part of what I do, because I mean, Quite frankly, it's something which I would love to even consider as part of my legacy in saying I am trying to do my part uh, to, you know, just build the creative industry within Zambia in my own way or in my own in my own capacity. So with the little that I have or the little that I've been accorded, I am trying to be faithful with it and make sure that I am using it to the fullest and being capable of making sure I maximize the potential of everything I do so that many people benefit, many people are educated, many people are entertained, and so on. Thank you very much for doing that. I feel for someone like me who's really been a part and has been following color culture, attending, let's say, the platforms that you guys provide, let's say anything that you guys do, I feel like I've benefited a lot. And really, thank you for coming up with such a platform for poets to speak out their mind for creatives to really just bring up themselves and the fact that you guys center all these topics about color about people and really put them into words for people to express how they felt and how we can bring solutions that's just amazing and we are glad that you took it upon yourself to really bring that to light i really appreciate that um definitely it's something which uh I, I I enjoy doing and I love doing because I mean as I said earlier it's something I'm really passionate about 
and the more people can benefit the more people that can learn the better so that's pretty much the mission i'm grateful for your sentiment okay before we've been uh go out of the talk of color culture let's talk about the garage issue can you tell us a bit on that the garage, the garage situation <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so um when covid hit in 2020 I'm sure you you do recall that there was a huge disruption in a lot of activities and the like. So as color culture, we observed how it became basically expensive for us to hire a venue, but then have such a limited number of people who could attend. So um, we found a way of using a garage, which is at uh, where I stay and everything, and transforming it into an event space, which we could have our activities in. So it's not that we have all our activities in it. Of course, we still have uh, other venues and partners like Alliance Francais that we work with every now and then. But then for this particular space, we call it the Color Culture Hub. And the hub is meant to be a space where we can have artistic activities, which are centered not only on color culture activities, but even other activities that can uh, basically communicate, educate, entertain, and just give people a chance to consume and enjoy art. So far, we've had two art exhibitions and numerous poetry shows. Like I can't even tell you the number now because we've had so many so far. So it's been quite interesting in that we took a garage and we turned it into an artistic space, um, though we don't want to end there because the goal or the vision of the Color Culture Hub is to create um, a, a safe space, one, one actual creative hub with uh, in its own space, its own building, not a garage, which can actually accommodate more people and allow more people to interact and ha- be exposed to creative arts activities. So through this, through the, the Color Culture Hub, we want to see more young people feeling like there's a, a particular space where they can be they can express themselves like someone like yourself who wants to do a podcast you need a space where you can actually do so without feeling like uh you are being like you are trying to turn anything else which is not conducive into such a space so something that can accommodate so many people but then obviously we can't always start start with everything that we dream of so for me i look at the beginning of starting with a garage as just the first step towards the actual dream and the actual vision. In the end, it's meant to just be a place for the creatives to express themselves, be themselves, and even start businesses from there or operate their businesses from there. So yeah, that's pretty much the idea of the garage situation, as you put it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I was reading that article, I was quite impressed when you wrote it down on your social media page and I was just like this is quite creative for someone to really take turn their garage into such a space that when you see the photos you get shocked if you didn't read the top part of the art and you get really shocked and say is this real so for you just to really say we have to start small I feel like I had the same conversation with Kunyoli Sata uh, on our episode and we're talking about how to start small because we're talking about how we have a podcast and I was saying I don't have a mic both season one and season two I'm recording it with my phone at home and it's quite sometimes you really sit down people always think oh what are these people doing but the fact that the first step that one takes is what really matters and what what's ahead of them will come 
only you have to take each day step by step and continue to being so creative in each of your work and consistent that's really something that we've also learned from you true because i mean even the bible says that you must uh, not despise humble beginnings and i think the fact of the matter is if you can be faithful with the phone you have to do this podcast consistently then trust me you would be faithful with 10 mics you'd be faithful with the whole studio because i feel how we act when we have little how we behave when we don't have everything is really a testament about how we will also act when we have what we need you know so i really believe that we should never despise humble beginnings personally what matters is starting you know it's so easy to have so many ideas dreams and hopes in your head and keep telling people about what you're going to do and what you're going to achieve and what you're going to you know uh do with certain ideas but the fact of the matter is for as long as your ideas remain in your head and not on your hands and actually doing stuff about them your ideas are useless <laughs> you know because um this this podcast for example you may have all these dreams and ambitions for it i'm sure you don't want to just continue using your phone for forever so now the question now becomes are you starting and you have i mean that's why we're having this conversation but if you hadn't started then now you would not you would be way behind and not even uh showing any proof of being faithful with the little that you have so for me every time like i'm uh, having conversations with my team at color culture every time we plan and do stuff i'm always telling them guys we do what we can with what we have and if we can do what we can with what we have then um i think then we are going to be able to maximize the potential of whatever we are given so even in the future if we have a bigger space i believe we are going to manage to actually uh, uh use what we can with what we are so that we can actually do what we can uh and also it's it personally i'm excited about where i'd want to go and i'm also happy personally that i'm not comfortable using a garage you know like and when i say comfortable i mean I'm not I don't intend to stay here forever. You know what I mean? Sure. Um it's it's basically a launch pad. It's a sign of doing what we can and it's also given me more control over the activities I want to have because I've had experiences with venues on multiple occasions where something just goes wrong. I remember the first event we had we were targeting 200 people but the venue only gave us 100 chairs. So we had to now improvise in finding other chairs for that particular event. Another venue was almost even canceling our event because of issues to do with um uh ish, I can't even remember but basically there are just issues around how we we've, we've never always had 100% control over the activities we do because we're always using someone else's space now that we have our own yo I can have an event tomorrow if I want <laughs> so <laughs> that's quite that, true exactly that's another thing like what are, what kind of steps are we taking so that we can cut out the middleman as much as possible so that we can have as much control over what we can do as uh, as possible and if we can do that then now you are also increasing your influence as an individual and as a person because now you no longer need the middleman so because of that you're capable of doing more you, as a business you can cut your costs because trust me ever since we began doing activities in the hub our costs have actually dropped significantly 
and when i say significantly i mean significantly <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah but that, yeah so it just goes to show that even as you're planning a business and planning to do stuff you need to really figure out how can you become your supplier you know it's not always necessary that you have to but then it's always good to just have him to keep your mind open to say that you are going to be in a position where you can have as much control over what you do and not always having your activities really lie so much in the hands of another person because every as an event organizer the more times you use another venue if that person if that venue owner does not wake up in the morning or forgets their keys at home when they're coming to open that door for the venue you realize your entire activity and your entire business venture is down the drain on that particular day you know what i mean so yes i do that's another thing about with starting and starting with uh, the mindset of eventually having control over stuff that that is quite an interesting journey and that's really very much needed for everyone to really get in and realize that starting is what really matters So we have seen you being let's say portrayed by great artists we we've, we've heard people talk about you for the most part and we've seen you rise from just uh, let's say Musenga Katongo performing somewhere to Musenga Katongo being on TEDx to seeing you being at Jazz Night and when how did that all come about how did you really find yourself in the association of the great Esther and Pompey and how was the feel when you appeared in the video for Jazz like how was all that well of course it was really exciting because i remember i couldn't stop smiling that night <laughs> um so not only that like even because I, I believe you're referring to the coffee and jazz event it was a great experience uh, being part of it but i guess this year I was has also been really dope because i've had the chance to participate in the presidential poetry contest uh, which was organized by Edgar Lungu's uh, social media team uh even the TEDx i got to be interviewed on the BBC uh, world service uh earlier this year as well as featuring on the BBC festival which was taking place in Coventry though it was online but I still got to participate and be the only Zambian special guest who was there and um all these experiences and everything that like all these things and uh, and the like really just come down to building relationships building uh creating value and being consistent with the kind of work you do because i remember with with coffee and jazz i got the i got the chance to perform there uh well upon request because i i believe i had hit up Esther Chungu and she was like no would love to have you for this so she gave me all the details and i got to perform so now that relationship with Esther Chungu is something which started even way before so this is even something i remember having a conversation with about with someone else in that okay the kind of relationships and friendships you make with people uh should really be you should really be cautious about them because when you meet somebody when they're at a particular stage or level don't discredit them don't make enemies because that particular person may be in a very uh, big uh, space of influence some years down the line and then when you reach out to them it might be a bit difficult for them to 
uh, to actually entertain you. So now I remember me, I remember meeting Esther Chungu in 2017, and uh, she, she's still been the sweet and awesome person that she's always been. And just maintaining that relationship and also being consistent with my work so that even as she's seeing the, what I do, it's like, oh, uh, this dude's not just sitting. <laughs> so when he's asking to be part of this particular event based on the relationship we have, it's not because he's just some guy who woke up in the morning and said, ah, I feel like being here. No, he's kind. he's shown his consistency, he's shown that he's been creating value over the past couple of years. So it's a no-brainer to let this person be part of this particular event. You know what I mean? So, yep. in essence, it's it's all it's it's all that kind of stuff. Because even uh, the opportunity for me to feature on the BBC, as well as uh, featuring on the BBC Contain Strong Language Festival in Coventry, all that was because of the relationships that I've been building over the years. And when I made these relationships, when I was starting them, I didn't know where they would go. You know. It's pretty much just seeing people who you want to connect with, who you believe your your visions and your dreams and your goals align. And as you are both pursuing purpose and as you are both pursuing your goals, you then just happen to now reach a point where um, you can actually help each other to achieve certain things or gain certain opportunities. So even as you are forming relationships and being and and the like, it's not. I don't think it's very wise to form a relationship with someone after they've achieved something really big so to speak you know what i mean but rather it's always good to have faith and believe in people as they are starting for all i know um if i'm not nice to you tevin you know what i mean if i'm not if like you asked me to be on this podcast and i'm all like oh i ain't got time for that you know what i mean who knows maybe your podcast is actually going to be the biggest in the continent and then now when i want to have a platform where i can maybe have a conversation with you like this it'll be too late because it's like bruh um you didn't believe in my goal so now this um, i don't know if you'll be that type of person but it's just basically uh burning <laughs> having that kind of bridge uh cut like that is also is just not advisable so it's an issue even about making sure you manage your pride, making sure you manage your, the way you relate with people so that you don't always, uh, so that you actually can build and grow with these people. I can give an example of someone who I who I really respect, uh, Tapiwa Ngoma. He's a friend of mine and, and, and all. Like when we first met, we were both in second year at Unza and he was not doing anything, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I say that, I, I say that, of course, with respect, like, and what I mean by that is he was not doing the things he was doing now, you know, uh, he was just, he had all these desires to start this and start that. And for me, I was, I was, I was in my first year of starting color culture. And as the years have gone by over the past two years, I've seen him grow significantly. And I've also grown myself so much that we literally toss opportunities between the two of us. So if for example when he was just when he wasn't uh, starting the things he was doing back then and i acted snobby and i'm like i can't relate with this guy i wouldn't be able to you know connect with him now that he's actually um building quite a reputation for himself as a media personality i mean this is a guy who's hosted tedx at uh, the ted youth he's now a, a very prominent uh, presenter at diamond tv and i can only see him going any uh, going further and higher so now on my side, I'm like, bruh, 
I want to see you grow. I want to see you win. And every opportunity I'm able to share with him, I would. And I know, and he also does the same. So I guess in that, it's all, it also comes down to just making sure you have, you have faith in people. You build the right relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Not being a snowball, actually being prideful in how you relate with people because you never know how you could actually be of help to each other in the future your perception and what you said on relationship building quite hit hard because i feel like that's the roller coaster this whole world is around and just really hearing from you saying it's important how you relate to people how you communicate to people in each and every day and always seeing someone as important as they will be the next day is always quite important so thank you for covering that for us and I am just excited you talked about your jazz night and how your journey has been so far. Sure, awesome. Glad that the, that was communicated. There's so much that we've talked about. We've covered so much about your success, about your journey as a poet, about each and every step of your few jazz and coffee night. And it's been amazing talking to you. Oh, we can't wait for you to reach the greater heights that we've literally been sharing you on to put Zambia Kuchalo. So, before we've been let you go, any new things for 2022 as we come to this year? Um, so thank you very much first about uh, the sentiment. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're rooting for me, and I really appreciate the support. And I'm equally rooting for you. I hope, I hope, and pray that your podcast grows to be something like that's super mega huge. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Uh, as for 2022, I, I really, I really just want to, especially now that I'm done with school, I really just want to like fulfill my potential. So I personally, I've had, I've had this crisis so to speak of what exactly i want to focus on because as i said i do different things but then i'm also i've got multiple interests you know uh so i kind of just decided that i'll spend the next couple of years uh settling and figuring out what exactly it is i want to do because it may seem i I don't know you never know maybe people may think i've got everything figured out no i do not um i'm equally also discovering myself and learning more about what i really want to focus on and what i really want to do so next year i really see myself going all out in all the areas which i want to uh, do and just seeing uh, what sticks and what lands so you can expect so much a lot of content from myself it could be obviously new poetry which i can perform new music which i release multiple events which i'll be hosting and performing at and definitely you can also just look forward to me um, doing my best to go bigger and better. Because in the end, if I can grow the platform of color culture to be something that's much bigger, like much, much bigger, then I know that there are multiple creatives who can definitely benefit from that. So all I would even say is that every time that you support Musenga Katongo, you are supporting uh, a, a dream which will eventually support you and uh, help you because all in all that's that's all I want to really achieve there's there, there's no sense in me pushing an agenda which only satisfies and pleases or helps myself I mean that does not make sense <laughs> you know what I mean so definitely I, I want to be experimental I want to be 
someone who just push for push the boundaries of the the kind of work that I do and continue with um, exploring and creating relationships and even building the ones I have already. Thank you, thank you for that, Musenga. That was quite a way to end the talk. We are glad that we've had you and we are glad that we've had this conversation. Finally, I've been waiting for so long to have this conversation. So I'm happy we got to talk and we're cheering for you for 2022 for all your dreams to actually come to light. And we can't wait for new content coming from you. We can't we don't know if we're gonna see a YouTube channel, but we hope so. <laughs> we don't know what more we're going to see, but we just pray we get to see more content from you because we love your work and we're literally rooting every day. We're literally stalking you on social media, checking what new things you have to post. So oh, wow. please do not <laughs> let us go. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> that was a wrap from me and Musenga as we come to the end of today's episode. And I just felt amazing i hope you felt it too and by the way don't forget to check out the color culture content of musenga's story and everything that he does on his page and by the way do you know that color culture has a poetry show going on this coming friday on the 11th of february yes and it's only at 50 quarter and if you miss this one they also have another one on the 26th of february so just make sure you go check out their page and i'm telling you you'll be amazed make sure you get yourself that ticket and go be there so see you that's a wrap from me and can't wait to see you again next friday i hope you stayed hydrated love you all i'm out man this is like a share got me high up in the air had to send the lord a prayer